my beautiful baddies. Y'all are going to be so proud of your girl this week. I, one Mickey Cecilia, meditated. I truly wasn't just going to talk about it. I decided to be about it and found a meditation on Insight Timer. I absolutely forgot to post it in the group, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll do it after I'm done recording. But I sat down with myself. I thought about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to focus on. I found a lovely 20-minute meditation on manifestation, and I did it. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And I've been doing it every day. Uh, in the well, saying meditation, saying manifestation together is hard for me. In the meditation, um, the meditator. What do you call the person that does? That? <laughs> I don't know. The instructor says that it's something you should do every day for six to eight weeks. And so I'm going to do it every day for six to eight weeks um, and challenge myself because as we know, meditation is very challenging for me. I was just thinking, I am someone who cannot take naps. It's just not possible for me. I don't, I don't know why my brain just won't power down in the middle of the day or at night. It pretty much just doesn't want to work in the morning, turns out. But I absolutely cannot take naps. And like, if you wake me up at seven in the morning, which I know is normal time. Most people wake up. I will, uh, hate you for the rest of the day because that's it. Like game over. I'm up. There's nothing I can do about it. Except if I'm trying to meditate, if I'm listening to a guided meditation, if I go to a class, if I'm just trying to meditate on my own, it's the only time your girl is like <laughs> lights out. Like it's over. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. So I'm, I found one that's so perfect because it doesn't go so long that I'm able to zone out and get so comfortable, but I do feel like I legitimately accomplished something and it took 20 minutes. If only I could have been for the last, I don't know, five years been like, why don't you just calm down and take 20 minutes? <laughs> why don't you just get off of Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like thing online you're doing where you're not minding your business at all. Why don't you just take a hot 20 and meditate and think of all the things I could have manifested in that time period. I mean, listen, I haven't done so bad for myself with the manifesting, but a lot of it, as I've shared before, has been accidental. I have just said in passing, oh, I'd like to do this. And then it happens. <laughs> but imagine if I could focus that energy down. Imagine if we could all focus that energy down, which brings me to what our 30 day Samhain challenge is going to be. Okay. So it's not going to be meditating specifically, but meditating will definitely be a part of it. Cause I, I know it's just a struggle. I know it is. And it's something that we all we'll find excuses to not do. It's always just, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I just don't want to. <laughs> a lot of times it's just that I don't want to. But I think that if we don't make meditation, I'm, just, I'm being careful because I don't want to switch up meditation and manifestation because I'm going to be talking about both. I think if we don't try to make that our key or like principle goal in our 30 day, 31 day, Salwin, 30, 30 days south, no, 31 days sound challenge, <laughs> then we won't be setting ourselves up to fail because that's the thing. We are going to, you're so gung ho day one and day two, and then you get to day three and maybe you do a shorter one, you get to day four and then, oh shoot, I forgot. So day five, I'll do one that's 40 minutes instead of 20 and then day six, it's over. <laughs> it's just over. So instead of setting ourselves up to be stressed about it or to worry about, oh, I have to find time to meditate today or feeling like a failure because you didn't get it done that day. We listen, we're bad witches. We're doing our best. We don't need to put any extra pressure on ourselves. So instead of just making it about that, we'll make it a part of what we're going to do, which is this. We are going to be making our very own meditation. Oh, I knew I was going to do that. 
Manifestation boxes. <laughs> Manifestation boxes, also known as wish boxes, also known as intention boxes, also known as creation boxes. So some of you may have inherited one from another witch in your family or one in your life. And um, some of you have already made your own, I'm sure. But for those of us who haven't yet, I'm going to tell you how you can make your very own manifestation box. You know what? I'm just going to call it a wish box. Let's make it easier for all of us. <laughs> how to make your very own wish box and then what we're actually going to do with it for our 31, 30 days leading up to Salon. So step one is, of course, we are going to find a box to hold all of our wishes and intentions and dreams. So this can be something you absolutely already own. It can be something that, ooh, you know what I might use for mine? <laughs> I have this really beautiful, like, stained glass box that an ex-boyfriend gave me maybe eight years ago that I dated for, like, two seconds. I still have it. But it's really beautiful, and it does radiate this sort of magic. There's this sort of like peaceful, loving energy, even though it's from an ex. I don't know. We had a good time together while we were together, even though it was short lived. Maybe I, I think that might be mine. So yeah, you never know. It could be something in your house that just calls to you. Something that has just the right frequency for what you're going to put into it and thus what will be put out from it. You know what I actually just realized? I kept my crystals in that box for a really long time. Like all, every single one that I had, I kept it in there. And I think I was just like, oh, this is pretty. <laughs> this is a perfect place to keep all my crystals. But I guess the box actually knew its intentions for me before I realized my intentions for it, which was to become my wish box. So that's, oh, isn't witchcraft always like that? It lets us know when we're ready to know, <laughs> but doesn't, and it clues us in a little tiny bit when it's ready, but, or before it's ready, but when it's ready, it presents itself. That's what, of course, that what that that's what that box is meant for. It's to be my wish box because I was already using it in a magical capacity. So if you have something in mind already, or you have something you've already been using, amazing. If not, you can absolutely go to your local witch store. You can get something offline. You can go to a craft store or a street market or a fit anywhere where you just see that box and you know in that moment on your travels. You just know that box is meant for something a little bit greater. You know, it's meant for some magic. It has some kind of energy to it. You are drawn to it, not because it's just aesthetically beautiful, but there's there's a connection there. It's, you know how we talk about having familiars, which we still have to do a full episode on, but we talk about how it's not just like a pet that you love. It's something that actually has its own magic and that magic kind of joins with your magic to make all the magic more beautiful and bountiful. That's what the box should be like. It should be something that carries its own magic. And when with our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. I always have to talk about that. But that's like you put all your rings together and bing, bam, boom, you make this beautiful thing. So yeah, it should have its own magic. And that's how you'll know that it's calling to you. And that's the one that you need to either use or bring home with you. I know that a lot of people are used to seeing wish boxes that are already like very vastly decorated and have beautiful jewels and mirrors and everything on the outside. You can totally go that route or you can absolutely decorate the inside and the outside yourself. But um, before we get to that part, let's talk about the very important step number two, which is clean it and cleanse it. <laughs> so if anything is currently in there, take it out because we want to start fresh. We want this to be dedicated totally to our Samhain challenge and we want it to be totally ours and dedicated to us. So whatever you have in there, even if it's magical tidbits, go ahead and take it out fire up your uh, smudge bundle and get your Florida water and get some sea salt water and just clean it out. 
clean out the inside, clean out the outside. <clears throat> we want to just not reset the vibration or the frequency of it because again, it already holds its own magic, but we want to just clean out any intentions that may have soaked up into it, any uh, energies, even if it's been in your house and you've had people over or you've just had a nasty mood last week like I kind of did because it was this full moon really came for me you don't want to start you know our fresh challenge and our fresh manifesting and our fresh meditating with that box with that kind of energy and if it's been outside of your home you absolutely want to clean it right because who knows who was touching it who knows what their attitude was that day if they were not trying to mind their business if they were just like stormy cloud over their head. So yeah, we absolutely, oh gosh, if it comes through the post, it just, it, it just has just been touched 10,000 times. So we want to make sure that it's as clean as possible. And added bonus, it's going to smell really good. So that's great. In fact, you know, um, one step, this is kind of in step three, which is decorating and preparing your box. But one step of it is that you can add in different essential oils if you'd like. So something I, um, or not even just essential oil, but certain herbs, so something I would do would be place, or something I will do will be to place a cinnamon stick into my box because not only does it smell lovely and not only is it cleansing in its own right and not having to get it, you know, soaking wet or <laughs> you want to place all your stuff in it, but it also is very protective and it will put kind of like a protective shield all the way around your box. So let's talk about decorating. So we've all seen the really beautiful jeweled or mirrored or tiled boxes that are just like, oh, I wish. <laughs> wish that was mine. It's so gorgeous. I don't even want to do anything with it. I just want to stare at it all day. So if you want to go that route, fantastic. Because you know, again, it's something that spoke to you. So that is the connection that you've already made. But some people find it very fun and very unifying and a great way to connect with their uh, wish box to decorate the outside themselves. So people will paint them, they will come up with a motif, uh, a certain theme that they like to do. Like some people will do the, the zodiac wheel or some people will dedicate it to a certain festival or um, even just doing like rainbows or the night sky or unicorns, whatever, mermaids, hello, whatever you feel very connected to, that is what you should decorate your box with. It is truly an expression of you inside and out. And it's going to hold your most like precious and personal intentions and desires and dreams. So of course, make it as akin to you as possible. So yeah, glitter, paint, puffy. Do they still have puffy paint? I don't know. <laughs> you know, decorate it with sequins, um, Crystals on the outside, we're definitely going to be putting crystals on the inside, but crystals on the outside. Um, I am going to, I have this beautiful evil eye pendant that I got in Paros and I kind of wore it too much, <laughs> even though it's only been a few months. I kind of wore it too much and so there's a bit of a patina on it now. So I'm going to clean it up and I'm going to remove the necklace strands, the, the necklace, I'm going to remove the necklace part that cooks and I'm just going to keep the evil eye because I'm variant evil eyes, as I've mentioned before, <laughs> and I'm going to use that as uh, like the symbol or the sigil of my box and just place it on the top. And I listen, I love I love an artsy crafty moment, but I'm not the most artistically inclined. <laughs> and since the box is a bit of a like stained glass mosaic situation anyway, I think I'm just going to add in my evil eye at the top. And that's gonna be good for me. But you go crazy, whatever makes you feel connected, whatever you want your box to look like, that's what your box should look like. There's again, no wrong way to do your box. I mean, you know, don't probably draw anything evil. <laughs> you can avoid it. I mean, it depends on what your manifestations are. <laughs> depends on what you're wishing for. 
So those are our first three steps. So step number four is that we are going to bless our box. We're going to consecrate, consecrate it. You know, I love the word consecrate. I think it's a really beautiful, juicy word. I love the way it feels in my mouth, but boy, do I have a hard time saying it. <laughs> Basically, we are going to set the intention, the intention for the box. So ideally, when you are picking out the box, whether you're picking out something you already own or you're picking it up at the store, from that moment, you have made a connection, right? The, the thread has been, the bond has been threaded is I think what I'm trying to say. And from that moment, you should actively, like consciously and subconsciously be thinking about the intention of the box and what it will be used for and that this is the wish box. This is your purpose. This is what I, I want from you. And this is what I'm going to give to you. And this is the relationship we will have with each other. This is the symbiotic bond in this moment we're building. But I mean, also you want to just literally take a moment and well, take more than one moment. <laughs> you want to bless or consecrate your box. Um, so for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to light some candles and I am going to use pretty much the same technique I use for my candle magic where I rub my hands together. I get a good energy transference going and I'm going to take that hot heat energy and place it around my box. And, um, it's one of those things where, I mean, for all intents and purposes on this podcast, I don't ever want to give you an exact spell to say necessarily, or an exact, an exact thing you have to follow because I want it to be authentic to you. And because the wish box is so personal and it's going to hold your most personal thoughts and desires, it really needs to be something that is spoken from your mouth and something that is like that springs up in your own mind. So for me, what I'm going to do is I, with my hands placed on it, with my candles burning, I am going to ask Archangel Gabriel, because I am particularly connected to him, as I've mentioned before, to be present, to help my communication, to be clear, to help me write clearly, speak clearly, think clearly and practice clearly, and to set everything forth in that box to come to fruition. Um, because the thing about manifesting that we're going to learn in these 30 days, especially is that it has to be as clear as possible. <laughs> it's like when you wish for a genie and then you say the three wishes and there's always like a loophole, right? Like you say this one thing, but it never turns out the way you want it to because you didn't phrase it just right. So we're going to phrase it just right. And that's why I'm going to ask Archangel Gabriel, the messenger angel, the angel over communication to be present with me, to watch over my box, to watch over me while I'm practicing with my box and to help me be as clear and concise and as heartfelt and as open with myself and honest with myself as possible. Because that's the thing too, like, and we'll talk about this a little bit more with what we're doing with the box, but we are so programmed to be afraid to ask for what we really want and think we're undeserving of what we really want. And we deserve good. I don't know how many times I can say it. I'm going to say it until we all believe it, including me, you know, because there's times where you think you absolutely don't. But I, so that's something I'm really going to focus on when I am blessing my box is that I'm going to acknowledge that it is a place for magic. I'm going to acknowledge that it is meant for manifestation. I'm going to ask Archangel Gabriel for his help. And I'm going to ask for his help, not just in helping it come true and helping me communicate it well, but I'm going to ask him for clarity with myself to understand what I'm asking for and understanding that I need to ask for more than I think I'm deserving of perhaps in that moment and to really have honesty. And of course, if you feel some kind of kindred connection with Archangel Gabriel, absolutely call on him as well. I would also call on Archangel Michael, our, another one of our favorites, because he is all about that protective energy. 
And, um, you know, he can be really be present to help you sever bonds if that's something you feel like you need to do before you're putting this major manifestation out there. Right. So, um, yeah, just, I'm saying, you know, I'm not going to give you the exact wording that you will end up using, but that's not to say don't call on Gabriel too, because I think Gabriel is awesome and everyone should have a, you know, a relationship with Gabriel if that's what they feel called to do. So that I'm going to, Again, put my hands around, talk to Gabriel, have my candles lit, and really just have, again, bringing a meditation back, have that meditative moment with my box where I am visualizing so clearly what this box's intention is. It is not to bring me harm. It is not to bring others harm. It is to bring me good and is to bring others good, hopefully as a consequence, because we all deserve good. Let's all say it together. We all deserve good. Yes, I'm so proud of you. Okay. So we have consecrated our box. Um, in that moment, again, you might want to uh, not smudge it because you've already really cleansed it, but you might want to take that time to anoint it with like a special oil blend that means something to you or invokes something in you or uh, with some salt and just form that bond even a little bit stronger. Make it, make the box, I mean, the box knows, you know, but make the box aware as you are being aware that it serves a higher purpose than just storage. <laughs> you know, it's not just a beautiful box for beautiful things, but it's a box that is going to really make your magic a reality. So step number four, after all this time, we are finally going to open our box up. <laughs> I mean, no, open it when you're cleansing it, right? Make sure you get in all those corners and nooks and crannies. But we're going to now decorate the inside of the box as we decorated the outside. And this is a ceremonial, ritualistic kind of uh, decoration. But of course, focus on things that are beautiful and meaningful to you. So you might want to, again, put herbs on the inside. You might want to put special oil blends on the inside. I feel like I'm saying oil, very weird. Oil, oil, I don't know. Oil blends on the inside. Crystals that you are connected to, but also crystals that are really aligned with the thing that you are focusing on with this particular wish. So, of course, if you're focusing on abundance or a particular kind of abundance, then you would throw in your citrine, you know? Or if your focus is on love, you're going to throw in that rose quartz. If your focus is on travel, we might put in some malachite and we might put in some amethyst and we might put in some moonstone. It really just depends on, again, what you're connected to and what is aligned with what you're trying to manifest. So crystals, uh, feathers, herbs, oils, uh, anything that is just kind of it just means something to you. You know, like maybe you picked up a coin that has a special meaning to you. I have a little vial of uh, gold flakes that I use in my magic. I will paint it like on the top of intentions when I set them that I would add in. Um, you know, just, just anything. If you are particular with a certain pen that you have or a certain flower that you found outside, just anything that makes, oh, moss. When, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm having a witch kid flashback real time as I always do. <laughs> All right, so I'm from Louisiana, right? And we have an abundance of Spanish moss. It's everywhere. And there was a house, I mean, there, there is a house that's next to my childhood home. And on the front, uh, side, front sidewalk, the front yard, <laughs> you see how much I go outside. There was a beautiful tree that was like so achingly tall, especially when you're a kid and you look up and you're like, oh, this tree goes on forever. And it was filled with Spanish moss. But because I have always been very tall, freakishly so at times, and the moss was like so abundant on the tree, I could always reach it and grab it and just, ooh, did I love that moss. I think I put it on top of my head on like multiple occasions, which is probably not good. I'm pretty sure it carries all kinds of bacteria and bugs. <laughs> but hey, I wanted to have beautiful flowing gray hair and that was the move at the time. 
but I mean, I used it in my potions. I would stir up with my stick. I would make nests out of it. It was very much a witch kid moment. Shout out if you also were down with the moss back in the day, Spanish moss especially. I swear that stuff is magic. I'm actually going to try to find some now that I'm talking about it and add it into my box. Um, but yeah, any kind of natural element, if there's a leaf, if there's a four leaf clover you found once, if there's flowers that you pressed in the past, anything that speaks to you at once and also speaks to what you're trying to manifest or wish for is perfect for your wish box. So it's one of those things, again, where the sky is the limit and you put in what feels good to you and what you what feels comfortable. Now I got to track down some Spanish moss. <laughs> but I swear it is so magical in that same kind of way, like Louisiana um, or like just throughout the deep south, you can find like red clay mud is so magical. I mean, oh my gosh, all like muds and clays are so magical and healing. But moss, I'm telling you, it has a really great vibration. This isn't a pro moss podcast. I'm just saying I had a witch kid memory real time. <laughs> so those are all things, elements that I might add in. Um, if you are wanting to have a certain deity, spirit, angel, whomever take this ride with you, uh, especially over this 30 day period that we're going to be doing it, then definitely I would put some offerings to them in the box. Um, an unlit candle is another option, especially in the colors of the manifestation that you're working with. Uh, I think I already said coins. I think I am just repeating myself at this point, but you know me, but yeah, these are all options. I just, I want to give you as many options as possible. So you understand that there truly is no limit to this and you can absolutely add and add and add. I mean, just make sure you can close it and make sure you have enough room for your intentions too. Um, some people will add in a specific letter that they have written to the universe or to whomever they're asking to aid in whatever will be created in this creation box. Uh, some people will speak into the box. You can hold the lid open and speak directly into it instead of doing it the way I'm going to where I place my hands on the outside. Um, you know, some people will add in dolls, will add in, it's just anything, any token of offering to anything that you may want to call in to help you or anything that represents you or anything that represents what you're trying to manifest. All good here. Okay, this is the last one. Or um, jewelry would be a good idea. If you say wanted to manifest love, you could use a ring to represent that. Or if you want to manifest wealth, you could use just something that is gold or silver, something that is like the same material as a coin or even a copper. Ooh, copper would actually be really good because it's so conductive. It'll like take the energy from without, from, I never know how to say the opposite of within. Is it without? It will take the energy from within the box and without the box. I don't know if that's how that works, <laughs> but it will connect it together and connect it to you and create a really beautiful flow of everything. So that is step number four, five. Oh, when I start counting, I lose track. You know where we are. Okay. So once that is all said and done, you are ready to place your box. You of course want to have it in a sacred space. So I would recommend on your altar because we've built that by now, hopefully, or we've at least started to build it or we've subconsciously been building it all this time. And the missing centerpiece is going to be our wish box. So um, yeah, I would place it in the center. So it's just on the receiving end of energy from every which way in every direction. It's just going to bolster all of that magic that's already within there. It's like you've already started out with a magic box, right? And then you've made the outside magic. And then you've blessed the box and made it magic, even more magic. And then you've added more magic to the inside. So if you place it in the middle of an altar built from magic and surround it with items that are magic and sacred, then it like just keeps leveling up. It becomes the most magical thing all of a sudden. But that's great because we need all of that magical power again to get that manifestation going. Um, so yeah, I would say center of your altar. 
altar, still with that word, um, or in a sacred corner of your house, you know, it doesn't have to be your main altar. It can just be something that you, you feel the sacredness and something that has its own pull, has its own magic. You can place it outside if you would like to do that, especially if you're on the green witch tip. Um, my only concern with that is weather coming over and gosh, the last thing you want is like your box being knocked over and your intentions spilling out and all of your magic spilling out. Cause that's like blowing out a candle, you know, game over. So if you do want to set it outside, I would perhaps just set it outside when you can be with it and practice with it then, and then bring it back inside at night. Just, I mean, what if a fox comes and tries to break your box open because they think there's something delicious in there and then your box is all messed up and then your manifestation's never gonna like come to fruition so yeah I would keep it outside when you can keep an eye on it and I'm definitely not discouraging you from you know practicing your outdoor magic absolutely not but just be careful because if your box tips over if everything spells out if it is really messed with if it is unconsecrated in some way deconsecrated unconsecrated in some way with something tampering with it um, then, you know, you've done all this magical work for, for not at that point. Uh, like we talked about in the altar episode, a good idea, if you do want to have natural sunlight and winds and rain and all the elements kind of being able to reach it, I would place it by an open window. That would be much better. Even then I feel like a bird could come in and be like, Ooh, look at the jewels. I think there's seeds or something <laughs> and pack your box apart. But no, just keep an eye on it. Um, I, of course, there's nothing wrong with leaving it unattended if it's not outdoors or in a space where critters can get to it. But if it is, then I would kind of try to stick by it or at least pull it back a little bit because a blue jay probably won't fly in your house and try to eat your box if it's not in its immediate line of sight. I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know blue jays that well, but like, I'm just assuming that. <laughs> All right. So we have picked out our box. We have made our box. We have blessed our box, box and we have placed our box. So let's talk about what we're actually going to do with our box. Here's the actual challenge. <laughs> what if this whole time you thought the challenge was just to like make a box? No, we haven't even gotten to the challenge yet. Well, I mean, technically that is part one, but I mean, you need to have it ready for October 1st. So get planning. But so what the actual challenge is, is I want all of us to take day one, October 1st. And I want us to think of the thing that we have always been afraid to ask for, the thing that we are thinking we're undeserving of that is out of our reach, that isn't meant for us or destined for us because of situations outside of ourselves, not because of what we believe about ourselves or for ourselves, but because what other people have told us. I want you to think of that thing that if there was nothing in your way, if there were no obstacles, if there were no naysayers that you would reach and it's the thing that would make you fulfilled and happy and whole and it's just the thing that is like your truest greatest desire and not the one that you say to other people because you feel like it's the safe option but the one that you can actually hopefully after all this magic we've been building up admit to yourself I want you to grab that and I want you to make that your intention your wish that's going to go in this box I want you to think about it I want you to meditate on it like don't you don't have to choose you know, lightly, you don't have to say, well, I always wanted to, uh, always wanted to get married. No, you sit there and you say it's Bill Skarsgård or it's nothing. Well, don't pick Bill Skarsgård because you know, that's my guy. Like, I mean, you can pick Bill Skarsgård. We can share or whatever. <laughs> so I'm not going to be meditating on my love life. So it's fine. You can pick him for now if that's what you really want. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like I want you to be as specific, as detailed, 
as honest, as open, and as reaching for the stars as possible, because that's what we deserve. We deserve the stars. I want you to grab that intention, meditate on it, think about it, because here's what part of this exercise is. Of course, we actually want to manifest something for ourselves if we can, if we can really, really put this practice and this power into action. But what I want to, for this to be an exercise in understanding limitlessness, because I think that's something that we all still struggle with. We are all, we're human beings that are bound to a physical world, but we're also magical beings that are a part of a magical spiritual world. (laughs) And we're kind of like elevated human beings because we're magical at the same time. I mean, not that like we're better than other people, but we just kind of exist a little differently. Like there's a different echelon kind of. And I think still because we are at once human and we are at at once witches, it's hard for us to really grasp limitlessness because there are so, so many boundaries and so many things in society that tells us, no, 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 this is all you get. Like, Please sir, please sir, may I have some more? And they're like, no, eat what you got and that's it. No, 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 no. We can have whatever we want. And I really want this to be an exercise in understanding limitlessness. So that's why I want you to ask for something grand. I want you to ask for something amazing. I want you to ask for something life-changing because that's what we all deserve. And that's what we should be striving toward with our manifestations. Like, yeah, of course, it's fun to manifest stuff that isn't so consequential. But like, why stop there? If we could manifest something that is incredibly consequential, you know? So yeah, just think about what you want that thing to be. I, at first I was thinking, should we try to do like a manifestation intention per day? But oh, that would just, I mean, I would do that for three days and then it would be over or we would be like draining and overwhelming our magic too much, trying to like split something into two too many different directions, you know, like let's, let's focus on quality over quantity here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I want you to just think about it and it doesn't have to be Think about it on October 1st and decide that day. And then, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. And you're like, oh shit, I have to come up with something. No, let's think about it from now on. Let's give it a month and a half, some change and figure out what we want it to be. Because I want for all of us to pick something truly amazing and not like amazing in the way that we use it. So colloquially now we're like, oh my God, this pumpkin spice latte is amazing. Like, no, something truly that will give you shivers down your spine and give you goosebumps because it's so amazing not just to prove limitlessness to ourselves. That's a hard word. (laughs) Not just to give ourselves a beautiful, amazing outcome, but because also I want you to see what your magic is capable of. You know, I want, it's so easy for us to doubt ourselves and to be scared of our magic and just not sure what the hell we're doing with it or where to start. But if we put it out there and we really try and we really focus on it, we'll be so amazed by the outcome. Even if it's not the exact, exact, exact thing, like if I say Bill Skarsgård and I'm not with him by October, I mean, yeah, October 31st, then it doesn't mean that my magic failed, but I can look at all the things that happened along the way and all the things I manifested and be so damn proud of myself and have a better understanding of my magic. Because the more we understand our magic, the more we utilize it in a really positive, beautiful, effective way, as opposed to being like, oh yeah, one time I said I really wanted to live abroad. So then, I don't know, I just ended up moving to France for a year or whatever. (laughs) Like, let's stop accidentally falling into our magic and let's be magical with a purpose. So yeah, take that. I want you to think it. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to speak it to yourself out loud. I mean, not to yourself. I want you to speak it out loud. Think it to yourself. Speak it out loud and write it down. I want you to write it down. I want you to bless that paper in some way. If you want to um, draw your symbol or your sigil on it, if you want to drip a little candle wax add some gold flakes. If you use that, add um, an herbal mixture, 
or an oil or, um, I mean, I want to say some kind of wash, but I also don't want you to bleed away everything you just wrote because that's kind of like blowing out the candle too. If all the ink is bleeding away, then, you know, what intention are you setting? But whatever you need to add to it to just create that blessing and create that kind of pact with it, I want you to write your intention, that thing that you are so determined to manifest. I want you to write it three times on the same piece of paper and I want you to sign your name three times. Okay. Just add a little bit more magic to it. So we write it all out. We have thought it, we have said it, we have written it, we have blessed it and we put it in the box and then we're going to close that bad boy up. And you know what? For October 1st, for that first night, you're done. <laughs> you don't have to do anything else from there. You have done it, babe. You got through day one. And then we only have what? 29 to 30 more days to do it. So we'll definitely talk it out more while we're actually going like into the challenge itself and entering October and we're going through it like, you know, week by week, <laughs> day by day. Could you imagine if I was like, hi, it's me again. Knock, knock. Here's your new episode. <laughs> we'll talk it out week by week. But basically we will be meditating. That's how we're going to bring the meditation and we'll be meditating on it every day. We will be lighting candles. We will be focusing on it. We'll just be giving as much of our magic and energy to it as possible. And then at Salon, when it's time to really get the celebration going, we will see what we have. So I think it'll be really fun. It will teach us about ourselves. Um, and hell, maybe one of us will end up a billionaire at the end of it. Or I mean, I don't think people should be billionaires. That's too much money for someone to have. But maybe we'll end up a millionaire. And then we can all go in like a bad, maybe it'll be me. And we could all go in like a bad witch, bad witch, <laughs> bad witch retreat together. And like, I don't know, Bora Bora. And I'll buy out a big house and we'll just cast spells in the moonlight and go dance in the ocean. Wouldn't that be lovely? And just be full mermaids. So yeah, that is going to be our Samhain challenge. And now we can actually talk about our topic of the week, which by the way, did I introduce the podcast? If you have found yourself here and you're 33 minutes in, hi, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast. This is the podcast where we're going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Despite the fact that the intro is 30 minutes in, I am going to, someone remind me, I'm going to record an actual intro so I can just put it at the front because like we have so much to talk about. We just get going and then, hi, it's 33 minutes, 34 minutes. Okay, so let's do our Patreon shout outs and then we will get into our glittering, shimmering, beautiful topic of the week, which is crystal magic. Okay, y'all, forgive me with the Patreon shout outs because I like to do them as soon as people sign up and not just when the new month starts. So I'm jumping between two like website windows <laughs> to read everyone's name. So if I miss anyone, I am so sorry. I will definitely get you next week. Definitely ping me if uh, I somehow left you out, if you just recently signed up. Okay, but a special thank you to Shannon, Maya, Aurora, Celine, Bryn, Lindsay, Becca. Ooh, I ran out of breath early on that one. <laughs> Usually can make it to Brett. Alicia, Nalling, Heidi, Mackenzie, Lena, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Adele, Aaron, Carla, Sola, Amanda, Kristen, Crystal, Adam, and Vanessa, and Ashley, I think that is everyone. Yes. Okay. So that's, that should be all the, um, patrons from last month. Plus our new beautiful bonus baddies. Thank you so much for signing up for Patreon. That is just so sweet and so kind of you to, um, want to show a little bit of extra support in that way. And as always, you know, I love all of you and I'm just glad that you're all here. Okay. So crystals, let's do this. So there's two main reasons I wanted to talk about crystals this week, although obviously we could just talk about them anytime for a variety of reasons because they're so amazing. Um, I didn't really mention them in the Tool Time episodes because I felt like they deserved their own little segment. 
And I mean, everything in this whole episode, I feel like could have, especially the brooms, because since I did do like a full broom TED talk, <laughs> but it's very important. Um, but for the crystals, these two, this one, hmm. okay, so this one thing kept coming up after the first and second full time episode, which I is I got an influx of emails of people asking, where do I start? <laughs> which is such a fair question. Witchcraft is extremely overwhelming. Even though we all have a natural gift for it, even though we are all naturally drawn to it, it is a part of us intrinsically who we are on the inside, right? It is overwhelming. It just is. There are so many avenues to explore. There are so many things to figure out about what kind of witch you are and what kind of magic you want to practice and what you're naturally able to do. It is, I, I'm listen, <laughs> it's overwhelming just to talk about, but I don't, I want to say this because I don't want anyone to feel like they're a bad witch because they feel overwhelmed by all this witchcraft. It, it's overwhelming. It is. I literally do a podcast about it every week and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, I'm still always learning new stuff, dabbling in new things, trying new things out. And even when I just know I want to talk about a topic, I'm like, how am I going to fit all of this into an hour? Which obviously I never do because the podcast is always an hour and a half now. <laughs> so yeah, overwhelming is a part of it. And that's good. It should overwhelm you. It should challenge you. Um, I don't want to say it should scare you because that's kind of a negative connotation, but it should motivate you, motivate you, <laughs> should motivate you because that is going to help you elevate yourself as a witch and your overall practice. So don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of being overwhelmed. Perfectly normal. But yeah, so there have been a big, inf there has been, have been, sometimes I never know what tends to use. There has been an influx of uh, emails that I received, especially after the two tool time episodes. I think because I was just throwing so many things at you, I'm like, all right, build an altar, right? And then you got to get your cauldron, your cards, your crystals, your candles, like bump, 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 bump. And so I, I'm sure that triggered some people. I'm so sorry. But a lot of the emails um, were this just, I'm not going to read this person's whole email because I don't want to like leak their privacy out. But it was this question that I was seeing over and over again. I've always been drawn to this kind of stuff, but I'm still a little overwhelmed with where to start. Um, let me skip that part because I don't want to give away who it is. Uh, as far as to start buying crystals and cards and do spells, I'm overwhelmed. Please help. Oh, <laughs> well, so sweet. Um, and, you know, basically they listen to podcasts, they have the books, but like, what do you do? So here is what I kind of devised in responding to these uh, lovely witches that wrote in these past couple weeks. It's, to me, I think it is the most natural start for a witch because it's something that's very natural to being a witch kid. Like if you're a witch, you already were doing this, a witch kid, you were already doing this. And so I think it's easiest for us as adult grown up witches to tap back into that because it's something that was so, so, so natural to us. Like, so I know I've said this before, but so many people automatically are like, I'm really into this witch thing. I think it might be a witch. I'm going to go get a tarot deck. No, <laughs> no, don't do that. I mean, not, not for everyone. Some people can pick up that deck and like turn it out. But for witches like me, it turned me off to my witchcraft so many times in like my college, early 20s years when I knew I wanted to get back into it. But every time I would pick up a tarot deck, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't read it. I couldn't memorize the cards. I couldn't get anything out of it. I was overwhelmed. And so I kept being like, oh, obviously this isn't for me. Like none of this is for me. So um, I'm not a witch. I'm a failure. I'll just, 
I'll just, whatever. I'll just deny this part of myself, you know? So I don't ever recommend someone go out and just get a tarot deck and be like, yes, I am here. I have come up with this. If you do not know where to start, or you've been dabbling a lot in it and you have certain areas you're kind of comfortable with, but you want to just go to the beginning and get a fresh start that's going to link everything together, I say go to your local witch door and start building your crystal collection. Um, and of course, if you don't have a local witch door, I know a lot of people don't, it is totally fine to buy them online. I'm actually trying to put a master list together for you all that um, will be places that ship what am I trying to say? <laughs> I shouldn't say nationally and internationally, domestically and internationally. I have two, three, four that I found so far. Um, so I'm going to be putting that into the Facebook group. Or if you're not on Facebook, I can also email you the list. But I know it's hard for people that just don't have any store like that that is conveniently located to them. So no shame here of like you have to go and touch them and feel them to get the right ones. But yeah, I would say start with building out your crystal collection. I say go to the witch store. And I think I said three to five that call to you, bring those home with you. Now, you don't have to go in and be like, I have to get a tiger's eye and I have to get an amethyst because Mickey said I have to. <laughs> no, not at all. Or, you know, feel pressure like, oh, I have to get clear quartz and I have to get rose quartz because these are the ones that every witch has to have. No, no pressure at all. You go with what feels natural to you. So I've explained this in a, at least one past episode, but who knows which one that was. So let me explain how I like to choose my crystals again. I go in and instead of like going straight to something, like today I'm going to go pick up some black tourmaline uh, after I'm done recording. But I usually I don't go with anything in mind. I just go because I know that if I'm feeling inclined to go, then there's something that's already calling to me that is ready for me to come pick it up finally. So I like to go in and then just, I will just walk the store and whatever I get a little inkling, a little tingling, a little electricity, I will walk towards that crystal, pick it up and I put it in the palm of my non-dominant hands. <clears throat> I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I always put it in my left hand and not my right. And when I put it into my left hand, I have to feel like that energy surge go up my arm into my heart chakra. And if it completes that journey and I feel it like in my heart uh, and I feel like the energy kind of surrounding my heart and I feel warm, then I know that's the stone for me. I like to do it that way because instead of going in with a direct list, like, oh, I need lapis lazuli and I need a rainbow moonstone. You will always be amazed. I swear this is without fail always happened to me. When I let the stone call to me, I put it in my hand. I feel it like light up my arm and my chakra and I look it up after the fact, it will always be resonating with exactly what I need in the moment. I'm telling you, these stones be knowing. Like, they know so much more than we do, and that's why they call to us. So yeah, I would go to the store, take your time. If the sales associate is like, hey, no loitering, be like, listen, my witch mom said I had to come do this, so give me some space. <laughs> take your time. Like, literally, get a, a window where you can go in for maybe a, a, a solid 30, 45 and just use your intuition. Let it call to you. Hear it in your body. Hear it in your heart. Hear it, you know, in your mind. And let them pick like pick them up and do the test and see if it resonates in your heart and see if it sends that electricity through your body. And so, yeah, I would go with three or four. Again, do not feel pressure to be like, I have to have a rose quartz. The one thing I will say is um, I would suggest everyone, regardless of, 
what stage you're in, everyone should have selenite. I, it's just, it's just the best. So I would absolutely pick that up, but I'm not counting that as part of the crystal collection that you're picking out that day or starting with because it, it's kind of its own separate entity in a way, even though it is still a crystal because it can be used to like cleans, cleanse out the other crystals that don't have to be cleansed itself. I just kind of separated my minds. Oh, I just realized I do have a wand because my selenite is in wand form. How about that? I am going to bibbity bobbity boop so hard after I'm done recording today. I never put that together. It's absolutely a wand. So I guess I do have one. Oh my gosh, killer. So yeah, get a selenite wand if you can find it. They also a lot of times will come in like a pyramid form, which I really just like the sacred like shape of that. So I feel like it's a beautiful thing to like place on your altar. The wand form might be a little more functional, but of course, always up to you. Um, yeah, so I would just go to the witch door, pick out three, four, five. And if you do not have a local witch door, you can go to. It is, again, perfectly fine to buy them online. But try to go through the same process. Look at the stone. Let it speak to you. Click on the ones that, for some reason, you just feel like, oh, I need to click on this one. I need this color is calling to me. This name is calling to me. You have intuition, and you don't have to have it physically. You know, it's there. And um, yeah, start with that. And I would bring them home. And if you don't have an altar yet, again, totally fine. We're all a work in progress. But I would either place all of my stones together in the center or I would arrange them in like a half moon, a semicircle, and just let that be the start of it. And you'll be surprised how quickly you just kind of start adding things to it without thinking about it and then bing, bam, boom, you have an altar. So yeah. My suggestion is, suggestion is if you do not know where to start, if you are so overwhelmed, I would start with my crystals. That is like witchy 101. That is the baseline. If you can't figure out anything else, if you can't figure out candle magic yet, because a lot of the stuff really is advanced, even though it's very popular and typical. Um, candle magic is not something that is easy to just pick up unless you are very inclined to it. I'm very inclined to it. And so for me, it worked like gangbusters and backfired on me because again, I certain times I wasn't doing it correctly. Actually, that spell that I said bounced off of uh, someone and bounced onto someone else, I think it finally ran its course. So, you know, the power behind that was two years. It was almost exactly two years that that spell uh, ran its course on the wrong person. But I think it finally snuffed itself out. Don't, you know, uh, do what I say and not what I do, basically. But yeah, candle magic and uh, card reading, it's, it is advanced level stuff, even though we're very familiar with it. That's why I say bring it back down to the crystals, start there. And we're going to talk about all the wonderful kind of magic and all the wonderful things you can do with crystals anyway. So just because it's witching 101 and it's kind of the baseline, the foundation for witchcraft doesn't mean that it doesn't accomplish tremendous things because it absolutely does. Um, the one other thing I wanted to say with where do I start? I'm so overwhelmed. What should I do first? When you are getting your crystals, I would also get a smudge bundle. We are staying away from Sage and Palo Santo, but you know, whatever is available to you, uh, lemongrass, lavender, thyme, you know, whatever, again, you connect with, you feel like for some reason I need this in this moment, I would pick that up or I would try to dry it myself. I think there are actually a lot of like ethical retailers on Etsy. I will look more into that. Um, and I know there's people that do them in the Facebook group. So maybe we could do like a barter something or other. I don't know. We can see what people are open to, but yeah. 
three to four to five crystals, whatever really calls to you, and um, one smudge bundle. And that is really where I would tell anyone to start. Even before I would say maybe, oh, pick up this book or listen to this podcast, I would say, you know what, you're going to be overwhelmed with a lot of information just from those sources. So a little crystal collection, a smudger. Is that what, can I call it that? Yeah, I can do whatever I want. A smudger. <laughs> and you are all set to at least put down a foundation. Okay, so now that we know we need to go and get our crystals, or we've already been working with crystals. Oh, wait, I forgot to say, that's reason number two. <laughs> so reason number two I wanted to do a crystal episode is because that's what we've been talking about since almost day one. I don't think I did a crystal of the week in the very first episode. I know we skipped like two or three weeks for various reasons, but I mean, there's been give or take 27, 28 crystals that we've talked about. Oh, not including amber, which is a resin and copper, which is a metal. But <laughs> other than that, it's been absolutely, we were focusing on crystals every week. So let's do something with that. I know we, we understand it's a part of our practice and that it's important, but like, let's really dive into why. So yeah, I wanted to do one because I've been recommending out this uh, crystal kind of like beginner step to a lot of people. And two, because we've had this soft focus on crystals, you know, this whole podcast. So let's dive into why we've been focusing on them so much. Okay, so now it is time for Geology Corner. I think that's the right science to reference. <laughs> Here's a little like textbook snippet of where crystals come from. So uh, we can really understand, you know, how they're formed. I mean, we know they're beautiful. We know they're from the earth. But like, what's the deal? I mean, a lot of you probably already know this, but like I said, I'm, I was science and math dumb. I did not pay attention. <laughs> okay. Movement in the earth's crust is the catalyst for the formation of a crystal as superheated liquids and gases filled with different elements move rapidly toward the surface. As the liquids and gases cool, they crystallize the temperature pressure surrounding rocks and other elements determine which mineral crystallize at a particular pace. Crystals and rocks produced in this way are known as igneous. I Truly hope from the bottom of my heart, that's how you pronounce that word. I remember learning about it in school, in elementary school, but who knows if that's correct, like 30 years later. When crystals and rocks are exposed to the elements, they begin to erode in small particles or wash into the sea, forming silt deposits. After extreme pressure for millions of years, these deposits become compressed, forming sedimentary crystals and rocks. Did y'all ever do that thing? I just got this flashback. That's all this podcast is. <laughs> just call it flashbacks. Did y'all ever do that thing in, <clears throat> sorry, my voice, elementary school or middle school where you made crystals? I just have, I'm having like the vaguest memory of doing that. I don't remember how we did it. It seems like maybe a piece of coal was involved and we did something like with moisture. I don't remember. Does anyone else remember that? I think you can buy like crystal making kits. Ooh, that sounds really fun. I might, I might do that. I'm going to look it up when I'm done recording, but I have like this very blurry memory of like making crystals in science class, which I think I was like very into when we did it at the time because I'm a witch kid, of course. But yeah, so that is where they come from. So they are so charged with the earth's magic, like literally coming from the earth, compressed by the earth, just feeding in that, not feeding in, but like taking in that energy for, I don't know, millions of years. <laughs> Think about how magical you would be if you were like literally sprung forth from the earth and then just like marinated for a hot million. And then you, you were here, this fully realized like magical piece of being. It's amazing. Um, so all crystals have their own vibration and have their own energy. Like not just the crystal set, not just like all amethyst, all 
like each crystal because they're individuals. <laughs> and that's why also when I'm going to the store to pick out um, what crystal I want to bring home with me that day or, you know, like I'm going to go get uh, black tourmaline, like I said earlier, or tourmaline. Still, uh, jury's still out on that, how to pronounce it. <laughs> but um, I am going to go to the store, put the stone in my non-dominant hand. So I know I'm going for that particular stone. I, if anything else calls out to me, I will absolutely pick it up. But I'm going to put it, put it in my hand. And if it doesn't ignite that energy, sparkly feeling that I get, then I'm going to like test them all out to see which one it is. Because they do have separate vibrations and separate energies. So something else that also influences the magic of, um, of crystals is that they are like microscopically composed of various structures that are like are part of sacred geometry. Like they, they are sacred geometry within the stone itself. And so that emanates its own sacredness in turn and its own energy. So they're just the most magical little things we could ever ask for. And it doesn't hurt that they're really beautiful. And so we want to deal with them. We want to have them around us all the time, right? So let's talk about the actual uses of crystals and magic and crystal magic itself. So what are crystals capable of? Um, turns out they're capable of anything <laughs> and everything that has to do with energy or with vibration. So they can gather and hold and release energy. They can transform energy. They can transmute energy. They can amplify energy. They can direct energy. They can project energy. They, how many times can I say energy? <laughs> they uh, can uh, condense and focus energy. It's kind of like, have y'all ever seen, <laughs> do you know anything about X-Men? <laughs> I love X-Men. Like I, I am very, I'm not like a Marvel person. I love X-Men through and through. And if you're familiar with the character of Cyclops, he shoots laser energy out of his eyes basically and can just burn stuff up and, you know, mess stuff up pretty badly. And so Beast, one of my, my favorite X-Men, I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, not that that's like a controversial opinion, but he made uh, a Cyclops these glasses out of ruby quartz, which, hey, crystals, I see you. And with this, he was able to control what he could do with the energy that he was sending out of his eyes. So it's like, you know, not a real world um, example, because I mean, I think mutants are real. I think witches actually might be considered mutants, you know, because we are just different. And I mean, I think we're, we're a little elevated, but I mean, let's not get into a whole debate. But <laughs> I, you know, it is like a, a sciencey kind of application, even though it is in a comic book and a movie. But hey, I, I still think it demonstrates the power of crystals and quartz and things like that. Um, they can be used for healing. They can be used for resetting. They can be used for meditation. Uh, it, you know, just focus and like driving and directing energy. They can absolutely be used, uh, in conjunction with wands where uh, you're saying, uh, whenever I say wand, I think I'm saying Juan, Juan, like the name, <laughs> sorry if it sounds like that, but you know, we talked about in the tool episode that people will add them to their wands. And so they're really just sending out not even just the extension of the wand being an extension of your magic, but the crystal really amplifying. I mean, yeah, amplify. Like I can almost see the energy. Hi, here's another X-Men reference. <laughs> if you saw the first uh, X-Men first class, there was uh, a Banshee and he, there's a scene in the early part of the movie where he's in an aquarium and he like puts his mouth up to the glass and he sends out this sound that like echo, echo locates, I guess to the, 
animals or like whatever Aquaman can do where the sound billows out and you can see the rings of it. That's kind of how crystals are able to like billow out energy. Who knew I was such a movie buff? <laughs> Certainly not I. <laughs> but yeah, they are just capable of, I, I think of them as like the intermediary between us as witches and energy itself as like an entity and a concept. And it can be like the tool that we need to do whatever we need to do with it. If we need to amplify it, if we need to condense it down, if we need to focus it. It really is just in between the two of us to help us generate it out. So yeah, it's such an important component in dealing with any kind of energy. But again, it's also for healing. It's for balance. It's for bringing harmony. It's for alleviating stress. It's for bringing calm. It's for banishing away negativity. It's for bringing in light. Like there's just a crystal for everything. And that's why it's so fun to kind of explore them and go to the witch store or go online and pick out the ones that are really calling to you in that time. Like you can never kind of stop adding to your collection. And even though you have, um, you know, one piece of moonstone you really love, there's nothing stopping you from getting 17 more. I am speaking from personal <laughs> experience. Trust me. At some point, it's just going to be, I'm just going to build a house out of all of my crystals and a, a tiny house and just be so happy. Just the energy is going to be so bomb, you know, and everyone, y'all just come visit and we'll do bad witch retreats and it's going to be the best existence possible. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, um, all the different ways that we are using crystals in our witchcraft and our, our everyday life. There are obviously going to be many more than I share here. So if I don't mention the one that you or the ones that you are most fond of or most uh, comfortable with, then of course, feel free to share with me in an email and I will share it on the podcast or in the Facebook group or tweet it, whatever. Again, there is no wrong way to witch as long as it's coming from a place of light and love and good intention. So the one I wanted to start with is one that we covered before in the dreams episode, which is sleeping with a crystal either next to your bed under your pillow, um, in your hand, if you feel like you're not going to accidentally like put it in your mouth and swallow it or wing it across the room or throw it at the person next to you or something. Because it has so many amazing properties. Um, there are certain crystals that can bring you calm and relax and, rela and <laughs> relax and relaxation uh, that can deal with restlessness, that can deal with, you know, insomnia on some levels that can just bring you to a place where you can shut out some of the noise, shut out some of the anxieties and the fears you might be dealing with and put you peacefully into a tranquil sleep. There are stones that will help you with your dream work that will make them much more vibrant and much make you much more aware of them and be able to lucid dream. There are stones that will help you when you wake up to remember those dreams immediately and be able to write them down and, you know, keep your dream journal, which, oh gosh, we were all supposed to be doing that. Are you still doing it? I don't, I'm not. I'm going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to pick it back up soon. Um, it, listen, I can meditate or I can keep a dream journal, but I just, I haven't been able to do both at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it's something that you can use like before. It's something useful before sleep. It'll get you to the place where you can just relax and get yourself there. It can help you with lucid dreaming. If you're trying to do magic within your sleep, if you're trying to commune with something, it can help to intensify dreams. It can help to de-intensify, de-intensify <laughs> dreams. Like I know I've said before, I have very, very intense dreams. And to the point at times where I just am not resting, um, I, I sleep, but I don't rest and I wake up and I'm like, okay, well I was, uh, having wild dreams for eight hours and now I have to go have a full day, but I didn't get, there was no rest that happened. <laughs> I was just like popping off in my sleep, good or bad. Um, and then, yeah, it's something that can help you 
keep those dreams in your mind. Like the crystal will almost kind of hold the dreams and, uh, make sure that when you do wake up and you turn to that dream journal, you can write it down. You can re recollect as much as possible because dream magic is definitely its own thing. And we've talked about that <clears throat> before and how, you know, premonitions and precognition will definitely arrive to us in our sleep. And so having any kind of aid that helps you hold on to that is really, really valuable. Um, there's also stones that will help you kind of eradicate nightmares or night terrors, which I know a lot of us deal with as magical beings. So it's just something really, really great to have nightstand under the pillow. Um, even I know some people keep their stones in their bra throughout the day. So if you're one of those people that sleeps with a bra on, which I'm known to do, I actually kind of like the, uh, what's uh, found support. I don't know what the right word is. Uh, you can put it in there. Just be careful about rolling around because you don't want it to like bruise you up and denting into your side. So that is crystals for our dream life. But let's talk about crystals and our waking life. You can absolutely keep a crystal on you all the time if you really want. Again, I know all people keep them in their bras. Um, I always tend to have um, at least a moonstone and an amethyst in my purse at all times. Um, also, I will swap out crystals depending on what I'm focusing on the time, what like the running intention is that I've set in my mind for what my energy is that day, just something that matches. Or if I need to reset my energy for that day, if I just wake up in a bad mood and I'm available to fight, <laughs> I'll bring in something to clear that out, to bring some peace, to make me a better person and a better witch so that I'm not sending out any of my bad energy, you know, and any of my unbalanced or unharmonious energy and setting that on other people. Because, you know, as witches, as witches, as witches, we are very much the kind of people that can set the temperature of a room or change the temperature of the room. I cannot tell you um, how many times I've used that for good and bad, where I've gone in and be able to really cheer people up and gone in and been like, I'm the storm cloud, so we're all going to be storm clouds today. It's not, it's not always a good thing, but we can try to consciously reset that by carrying a crystal on our person, attuning it to our vibration, attuning our vibration to it. And really just making it a conscious part of carrying a piece of magic with us all day long. Also, you just never know when you might need to like pop out a quick spell. You know, we might need to just wrap your hand around that crystal and be like, uh-uh, not today. Or like, I really need this. I need to manifest this in this moment. But it's also something like, yeah, you can pick out your crystals that morning and set your intention for the day and see like what kind of mood you're in when you wake up because who knows what it could be that day. Um, but it's also something I think that is kind of good to think about the night before or even, you know, days before or weeks before, if you know that you have a really important meeting com coming up, or if you know you have, um, a big test coming up, or if you know that you're having, you have a really big important talk coming up in your relationship and you want to make sure that the communication is coming through loud and clear and that there's no room for miscommunication or, um, coming through from negative feelings, anything like that. So it's something that can be like a day to day decision. I mean, and you don't, you're not restricted to just carrying one crystal, right? I carry amethyst and moonstone with me pretty much all the time. I carry citrine pretty much all the time. And then I just swap other ones out. Like, uh, like I said, black tourmaline is really calling to me and oh, I've been on a real tiger's eye kick like lately too. So I just kind of swap them when I need them and some are in my purse and some are in my bra and some are in my pocket. And you know, some you wear in a pouch. If you have that, some I have made out of jewelry. I have a lot of crystal based jewelry that I wear. It's just, you know, what works for you and what is attuned to you at that time and what you need to bring into your life. You're always going to be, I think it's great to always have like your mainstay crystals that you're personally very connected to, but we're always going to be swapping them in and out depending on our needs, our magical needs rather. Another way we can use 
crystals really in like tangible magic is whenever I do a reading for, well, whenever I do a reading for other people, especially if I'm in um, like a public space, I will bring crystals with me to the reading and I will just kind of have them laid out on the table, <laughs> just scattered out there. And when we're doing the reading, I will usually let the person pick the crystal that speaks to them the most and take it home with them. So yeah, crystals are those things that are, can be very personal and said to us. So I wouldn't give out like my, my big babies, you know, the ones that really I'm aligned with, but they can also be kind of transactional. And I think it is something, there's a lot of things in witchcraft that are like that, that you pass on to other people or you gift to other people. And I just think it's a really beautiful way to end a reading because it, they're taking like a tangible thing away from it instead of just getting these messages that are just kind of swimming in their head. And they're like, oh, wait, what, what did she say? <laughs> because that happens a lot. And because I don't let people touch my cards because I'm afraid of that energy transference, I let them touch the crystal and I let them pick it out and take it home with them. So it's a really nice reminder of their reading and they can kind of hold it in their hands and reflect on everything and the messages, the messages that they were given. And, you know, it just kind of brings the reading to like a nice final end to just kind of gift it to them. Sometimes I'll say, oh, if you want to pick your crystal now, go for it. And they'll grab it immediately. Like this one's really speaking out. Actually, a lot of people will walk up and be like, well, walk up and sit down and they'll say, oh, can I touch that one? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's yours. It's yours now. <laughs> it called to you. Obviously I brought you over here. You sit down and that's the one that wants to go home with you. And that's the one that probably will relate to the messages that are being put forth the most anyway. And the other way that I use crystals with card readings is just for myself and I read my own cards. I don't do this with other people because I typically, well, I mean, not typically, I always will put the cards back in the deck and reshuffle because there's always another reading that's, you know, happening not that much after. But I guess if you were going to pull cards out and like hold them for someone as part of a ritual or a spell, you could do this as well. But what I do is when I do my reading, I pull up my three cards because I work with Oracle um, and I just like to do a three card spread plus one like angel card usually. And after I've done the reading and I've processed everything and like, you know, received all the messages and thought about how it relates to my life right now and everything that's going on, I will pick out three to four corresponding crystals depending on how many cards I have. So one, one ratio and place those crystals on each card and let the crystals just amplify again, amplify the energy, amplify what's happening, amplify the message and make the magic of that reading and the magic of what is to come even stronger, even more prominent. Um, and that's another thing when we, so to relate this back to our Samhain challenge and our manifestation and wish boxes, when we write that intention down and you meditate on it and you sign your name to it, when you put it in your box, I want you to place the crystal that is speaking to you the most, that means the most to you, that, I mean, means the most to you, but you can function without it because it will be, you know, doing something else for 30 days. I want you to place that crystal on top of that intention. And again, it's something that's just going to power it with magic. It's going to infuse it with energy. It's going to amplify the intention that you're setting out. Any kind of spell that you're writing down and that you can like hold in your hand, I always will place crystals on top of it just to add more potency to it. Make it all the more magical, make it all the more clear um, you know, especially if you are doing, uh, some kind of intention for abundance, right? We're always focusing on abundance, aren't we? Put that citrine on there. Let that citrine soak up everything that you put into that intention and then amplify it out with all of that, like beautiful golden radiance out into the universe and out to the goddesses and out to the gods and the deities and the angels and the spirits and everything that will hear you and help you and make it all that more magical.
Something we have talked about before is using crystals and self-care, which is a part of being a witch too and being, you know, an everyday person as well, is that we can use them to change energies. Like we said, we can use them to reset. We can use them to calm, to relax. And I know I've talked about this a hundred times and we're going to talk about it one more time. <laughs> well, one more time today, but we'll talk about more in the future, I'm sure. But using your crystals to not just cleanse the energy of a space, but to cleanse your own energy, take that, that crystal bath. Don't, I don't put them in the bathtub because loopy me, they will go down the drain and then I will have a bill to contend with when the plumber has to come out. I just know it. Or I'm going to step on it and slip and fall getting out of the bathtub. Or it's going to like, if it's a sharp, uh, like quartzy kind of stone, it's going to go through my foot or something, but line the bathtub with the crystals that you need. Um, you know, even salt is like crystallized, right? So you add the crystallized form of the salt into your bath and you just purify and you cleanse and you release and you reset. And that is going to set yourself at a higher vibration, make you a better witch, make your witchcraft even better. So yeah, do that bath, line it up with amethyst, line it up with crystal quartz, line it up with whatever you're focusing on. If you need to focus on purity or purification, if you need to focus on releasing negativity, if you want to banish negative energies around you, if you want to focus on bringing love into your life, bringing abundance to your life, if you want to focus on good luck, you know, bring out those beautiful green stones, your jades, your malachite, just all of them. And, you know, use it in a cleansing sense and use it for ritual. Crystals, Crystal should be, be involved in like everything you do pretty much when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're doing a ritual, when you're doing a spell, when you're doing a card read, everything. They are our constant companions and they should be. So yeah, they can definitely be used for cleansing. As we know, we can take the selenite, like I talked about earlier, and we can cleanse out negative energy or not even always negative energy, but just changing the energy of a situation. So yeah, use them in self-care, use them in witchy self-care. Use them to reset energies. Um, this is also another use for crystals as we use them, you know, for ourselves to change the energy of a space. So you can place them around your house, around your garden. I'm sure actually you will have natural rocks and minerals out there anyway that are kind of doing that work for you. But, you know, set it on your altar to set the energy for your altar at that time. And again, that's something you can always swap out. Set them in the corners of your room. Set them in the corners of your house. Set them around the outside of your house to build like a protective perimeter, you know, depending on what you're focusing on at the time and what you feel like you need. But as much as they can be used to reset our personal energies, they can be used to reset energies overall. So yeah, place them throughout and around your house and your home or wherever you're traveling to. I travel with my crystals. They go up in my hotel rooms. Like, I don't know who was there before me and what energy they're carrying. Good, bad, nasty, old. Not my business. It's not my business because I brought my crystals and I can reset it myself, you know? And we already talked about this when I realized I had a wand, <laughs> but you can use your crystals to direct energy, to direct magic, to make sure that that target is hit, to make sure that all of that magic within you, right? I kind of think of magic being in us like, you know, when you see a picture of the sun and there's all the like heat and flares and fire and it's all like snapping and popping and just moving around and kind of having almost, to me, almost the consistency of like when you see lava moving and flowing as well, I feel like that's what magic is like in our bodies and that's how it moves through us. And so we, it's like the snapping and the popping and the flames and the flares are all kind of going up at the same time. And so when it shoots down into the wand, especially coming out of like a crystal point or a crystal wand itself, it really does take all of that like kind of chaotic magic in us and points it into one focused, solid direction. So again, adding them to your wands is incredible decision to make. Buying a crystal wand. I might, if I find one today, I think, y'all, I'm about to go spend like a thousand dollars at the crystal store. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm 
you know those memes where people are like, oh, I went to Target for one thing, and then they show the receipt, and it's like $888. Well, I don't ball out at Target like that. I'm very clear focused, crystal clear, if you will. I know I got to get my vacuum and keep it pushing. But I'm going to go in that store and wild out. I can feel it. And you know what? Good, because I haven't upgraded or added a lot of new stuff recently. And I think when we've had this like weird lull that a lot of us have been in and just low energy, what better to set a high frequency and vibration than to add in new crystals and add in new things for the approaching changing season? So that's what I'm going to go do. But yeah, if I find another one. But selenite works just as well too. But yeah, you use it to direct that energy, condense it down, make it even more impactful, make it tight and focus focus and hit that mark it's almost like a archer i'm thinking of the goddess um uh diana is it diana or is it artemis at the front or is that two of the same name let me look it up real quick okay yeah diana and artemis are the same like greek versus roman names but i'm thinking of her with that bow and that arrow and the intention and the meaning of that card is focus intention and so that's what it's like it's like you can close one eye, see the target and point it out and shoot it. And that is what's going to happen when you add crystals to your wands or you get a crystal wand itself. So, you know, the thing about saying crystal magic is like, I don't feel like it's quite the same thing as when we talk about candle magic, for example, because in that situation, the candle really is carrying the spell and it really is the thing that you're focusing on. And it kind of does all of the work. Whereas I feel like crystals are just, the best accessories possible. Like why have a Louis Vuitton bag or Christian Louboutin shoes when you could have crystals? <laughs> That's the season's hottest accessory, if you ask me. So, I mean, yeah, you can work with crystals in their own capacity as well, but I really feel like they're better as like an accessory and as an amplifier. But saying all that, well, say, yeah, okay. But saying all that, Crystals can be used for healing. Absolutely. I mean, literally touch them to the skin, put them in the hand, place them on the chakra and pain can be released. Anxiety can be re like physical healing and emotional healing and spiritual healing, all of these amazing things. And that does come directly from the vibrations and the energies of the crystal itself. So yeah, I mean like in a way crystal magic can be like say candle magic where it's doing the magic itself, but I find more so it's the accessory to the magic that you're working on and it's the amplifier and it's the condenser and it's the director, you know, it's just, it has to be in the mix, even though it's not always the center piece, the, <laughs> the centerpiece, if you will, <laughs> of it all. So yeah, with the healing, it can be placed on the body. It can be placed next to the body. You can, um, a lot, you know, it's gotten really popular to drink water that is infused with crystals or in a, like those crystal water bottles that have gotten really big. Um, yeah, and it goes into your body. And so the energy is like, like tea, it's like steeping in from those crystals and the whatever you're drinking. And it goes into your body and it heals you inside, it heals you outside. So crystals are extremely important for that. I mean, I used to go get a massage uh, at this place called The Now in LA, which I, I think it's really, I don't know if it's changed because I haven't been in a while, but I used to think it was the best because they offered things like crystal massages. And I swear it made a big difference. I uh, have talked about before, I have like a very traumatic injury from a car accident I was in in 2015 now. Golly, that was four years ago. Well, I'm still jacked up from it. And she put the crystals, you know, on my chakras, but she also put them like directly into on the areas where I have an active spasm that never goes away. 
I don't know why I'm laughing. It's horrible. <laughs> it hurts really bad, but you know, you live, it's fine. That worse things can happen. So I'm just grateful that worse didn't happen. But, um, she, you know, really directed those energies there and placed it there. And I promise you for the first time ever, someone was able to make a dent into the spasm. It was able to release a little bit. I just know that those crystals again, amplified the healing that my body was going through. So you can drink your crystal water. You can put your crystals on your body next to your body. They all have that healing capacity, especially if you arrange them in certain ways that energies bounce off of each other and align into, again, if you want to bring in uh, certain shapes and sacred geometry and create that out of the crystal pattern, it just promotes and brings so much healing. Also crystals can be used to amplify meditation. So when we do our wish boxes, not only will we take the crystal and we will put it on our intention that we've actually written out, but we will hold crystals in our hand while we sit with the box, while we meditate on it every day, while we really try to bring this mega intention into fruition, right? It's the same thing. I know I'm just repeating like amplify, 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 but that's really what it does. When you meditate, it brings you to a higher uh, consciousness. Certain stones will. Certain stones will bring healing in your meditation. It will make you connect. When I, the first time Archangel Gabriel showed himself to me, and I mean, he's always been there, but the first time he, he was like, hi, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> I was holding um, Arrowhead in my hand, which is just such a loaded crystal. So incredible. I actually still have it. Um, and I was holding it in my hand and that was the first time where he was able to break through and introduce himself and be like, I'm the one that's always with you. And we are, I just, I, it's hard for me to talk about Gabriel cause I get like very emotional. I mean, I know I bring him up to, to like really talk about the first experience. I get very emotional because it was transcendent. It was, it, even when I'm talking about him now, I, whenever he shows up, I can feel it on my tongue. I don't, I don't know why that is, but, um, even talking about him now, it's like the purest love I have ever felt, I think will ever feel in my life. It is all encompassing. It is what you want love to feel like. And the first time he was ever able to make that breakthrough with me, or I was open to that breakthrough was when I had Arrowhead in my hand and I was doing a guided meditation, which the only way I can meditate as I've shared before, but yeah, those, those stones can help you uh, connect with certain gods and goddesses, whomever you need to convene with in your meditation, if that's the kind of meditation you're focusing on, it will strengthen the resolve of your meditation. It will bring you back to your meditation. It will promote calm and release and relaxation to be able to meditate at all. Because as we all know, it's really hard to just quiet your mind for 10 minutes and do it, right? Um, other ways that we use crystals. Oh, for your chakras. We need to talk about chakras like pretty soon. We're we're going to talk about chakras next week. I'm let me not set myself up like that. Cause I always say we need to talk about this soon, but doing this crystal like deep dive this week. And then, you know, cause we've been working with crystals of the week for so long. I think it might be time to talk about the chakras. Sorry if you can hear the world's loudest truck going by. Okay. It's over <laughs> just in case. Oh my gosh. That was so loud. Okay. So yeah, you can use them to open your chakras, heal your chakras, activate those chakras, if you have ever seen, if you're familiar at all with the chakras, you can see that they are different colors, right? The line that they form within the body. <clears throat> so you would just correspond the color of the chakra, the color of the stone with the color of the chakra. So red is for the root chakra. Orange is for the sacral. 
Yellow is for your solar plexus. I'm going down to up. <clears throat> Green for the heart. Blue or turquoise for the throat. Indigo or royal blue for the third eye. And purple, lavender, or white for the crown. So for my crown chakra, let's say I would use an amethyst. Or for my uh, root chakra, I would use a carnelian or a... What's a good redstone? Ooh, like a ruby. Or uh, for my solar plexus, perhaps a citrine, you know, for my heart. Uh, probably a malachite. That's my favorite green stone. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, probably a malachite. But I mean, of course, it doesn't have to be those particular ones. You can use whichever color speaks to you as long as the, as long as the colors correspond with each other. I truly should have been keeping count because I wanted to do 10 solid options or 10 solid examples of uh, crystal magic, but... I forgot. <laughs> so I think I'm at eight now. I think so. Um, let me go back and detail a little bit about protecting your home. So you can definitely put them in the corners of your house inside. You can definitely put them in each room, you know, whatever feels good to you, whatever works for you. But um, you will put them on the perimeters of the outside of your house. And I don't mean just like lay them on the ground. I mean, actually dig up a little bit of earth and bury them down there. Um, and what will happen is it will create like you know, all those like spy movies and action movies, especially from the 2000s, this was like a really popular trope, is they would have the laser security system that would come out and there'd be like a beautiful woman who'd have to crawl through the laser so seductively so she wouldn't like set anything off. It's kind of like that. It creates a force field around your house and kind of like bisecting all the different areas where to me, it looks like lasers just shooting Um I'm not going to say flubber because that's not the exact representation of what I want, but it's kind of just like light and energy ref reflecting and refracting off of each other and shooting in all different directions to create a force field that like permeates all through the house, but also creates a boundary all around the house. So you bury them in the ground. Um, I know a lot of people use crystal quartz for this black tourmaline. With, I, I'm on such a black. This is a very pro black tourmaline uh, crystal podcast at this point. <laughs> But um, that's a really good one. Tiger's eye and red tiger's eye specifically is really, really good for protecting the home. So, you know, do a little research on that one. This isn't one where I'd say, oh, just pick the stone that, you know, radiates for you, radiates that energy in your arm in that moment. Like I wouldn't use rose quartz necessarily, unless you're trying to emanate a vibration or energy of love around the house, then, you know, absolutely do rose quartz. But if you are thinking about protection, I would go um, with one of those gorgeous black stones with the tiger's eye, with the clear quartz. Uh, and it's too like, are you looking at protection versus like setting a, just a positive kind of force field around it? You know, you know what you would need, but yeah, I would go with one of those black stones or with a red tiger's eye. And speaking of creating like a force field or uh, a grid of energy, if you will, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm like, oh gosh, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I know the second I upload it and it like goes live at midnight, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, I forgot to say that. <laughs> I always later, I'm like, oh, why didn't I say that? I mean, I could just write it down, but you know, why mess with a good thing? Um, you can use your crystals to create a crystal grid. So let me give you kind of the definition of it from crystalvaults.com and then we'll talk about it a little bit. 
So, a crystal grid is a predefined set of multiple crystals arranged in a harmonious, sacred, geometric relationship. So that goes back to the sacred geometry. We're bringing it all back together, babe. So the sacred geometry exists within the crystals itself, right? And that's where some of the magic comes from. But we can also create this grid that honors sacred geometry as well and uses it like within and without, which I, I'm still not sure if that's the right way to say that, inside and out, right? Um... This combination and arrangement of crystals works synergistic to convert and focus the external energy, which impinges, I've never heard that word before, upon it in a variety of forms, e.g. sound, light, electromagnetism, into a unified energy field turned tuned to a particular need or requirement. The unified energy field that is created allows for vibrational interactions of crystal energies with the aura, spirit, and mind of the human body consistent with the prescribed healing and wellness design. So all that to say, basically, if you, I'll post something in the group that gives like a more detailed breakdown of how to do it. <clears throat> a lot of those main crystal websites will walk you through it really well. But basically, you will lay out like a formation of whatever like sacred geometry shape you're wanting to deal with, and you will then inlay it with crystals. It can be a variety of crystals that tap into a lot of different things, or it can be crystals that are all focused on one sector like all focused on love, all focused on healing, all focused on abundance. You can do whatever you want. It's super beautiful. <laughs> it looks so amazing when you see one that's like really properly arranged. And again, it's just like this grid that creates this overall force field of magic that you can then set your intentions into that you can then create your own uh, spells and rituals with. And it's, here comes our favorite word of the episode. It amplifies it again. It's almost like when you're putting it all together and then you place that last crystal into the formation and like light beams shoot out of it. Like that's what it looks like to me, like golden rays or like white light just shoots out of it because it becomes such a positively charged area, like this condensed area with all of this just light energy brewing and bubbling right there. Um, so yeah, I think it's something that's important to know how to do. It's something that's important to know how to place all of your crystals and to bring the sacred ge geometry in and to read a little bit more about that. Uh, Cause I know it's like maybe the third time I've ever mentioned it on this podcast, but you know, sacred geometry when, when you have seen it, cause it is a stunning. People have the most amazing uh, sacred geometry tattoos. I would suggest just Googling that and looking through what people have on their bodies. It is so beautiful. If I wasn't a complete 100% baby, I would get like one of those huge sacred geometry tattoos, but I, I can't, I will cry and pass out and not be able to do this podcast anymore. Hopefully it'll be too much for me. All right. So I was, so that wraps up all of our um, crystal magic for this episode, all of the uses, why it's so magical, where to start with your crystals on your witch journey and, you know, just get a hold of this overwhelming thing that we're all taking a part in. So I was kind of debating, should we do a crystal of the week this week or should we focus on the ones that we've already been going through? But you know what? I think we should. I don't want to overwhelm you. I know that's, <laughs> I'm adding to your overwhelmedness and I don't want to overwhelm you, but what if this one crystal is the one that lights everything up when you place it in your grid and it all just starts churning and moving and brings so much more magic to your life. So let's do one this week. And if you're overwhelmed, you can bust at me in the Facebook group, but we got to, we got to learn all these crystals one way or another. So let's not skip a week, even though this has already been a crystal heavy episode. I know. <laughs> okay. So our crystal of the week is going to be a beautiful, soft blue and white darling called angel light. I kind of think of angel light as like my hippie dippy stone. <laughs> 
like when you think of someone who's all like, yeah, just like peace and love, man. Like, you know, or your hippie witches. I think of angel light really being their stone because it really is about raising the consciousness. It's when you think of like new agey people and like new agey stereotypes, good or bad, that angel light stone is what kind of represents that to me. It's like raising the consciousness, all connecting in together, all sharing a sense of like brotherhood and peace, man. <laughs> I love this. I am very much a hippie. So I love the stone. No shade to the new age movement. No shade to hippies. I consider myself very much a hippie. Um, but yeah, it's all about peace, higher consciousness, coming together, connecting with other people, creating a sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, peoplehood, if you will. It's a strong stone to uh, connect community. So if you are in a coven outside of the Bad Witch Coven, you would you know, want to have Angel Light present at your meetings to, uh, I'm keeping this grid imagery now, but it will emanate that kind of vibration, right? Where it will ping off of each person and connect you to each other and, and create a grid of energy that will bring you all together. It helps to um, contact and communicate with angels and your spirit guides. Uh, and that goes in hand in hand with like your higher self because it's really a stone of elevation, you know. And uh, it also helps with psychic healing, with like telepathy, with so it's like spoken communication, but also like the higher again, just I keep thinking of like lift, 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 like angels being up in the air, you know. Like it brings you to a higher state of consciousness. So you're able to tap into things like your telepathy and your precognition and uh, your, uh, what's that other word? Telepathic nature and your psychic abilities. It also helps with astral projection, you know, flying the hedge, astral uh, travel, um, any kind of spiritual journey. It just keep thinking like it's more, it, it, a lot of our stones are for like our physical conscious body right now. Angelite is like a stone for our, our consciousness and our spiritual our spiritual, I want to say spiritual body, but that doesn't make sense. Our spirit. <laughs> it's for our spirit. That is uh, the stone that is going to really correspond with us as spiritual be beings and not just human beings. It also is a really powerful healing stone. It's a protection stone um, for the environment and for the physical body and for the spirit as well. Um, and it also, I just... <laughs> Oh, when I was researching it for this episode, um, it's supposed to really help with mathematics. So I uh, guess I'll be picking some of that up as well today because, you know, I can't do it. So yeah, Angel Light is a gorgeous stone. It literally looks like peace and tranquility and like something heavenly to me. Like this, the color is so beautiful. I mean, I'm used to seeing it like a blue and white. It can also come in shades of like dark gray, a little bit of like violets and purples, like an amethysty, smoky kind of look to it. Um, or more on the white side, more just on the blue side, or it can be opaque. But yeah, it looks peaceful. It looks transcendent. It looks heavenly. That's that's really the right right word for it. So I mean, angel light. I think that I think that really works out, don't you? <laughs> so that is our crystal of the week. And your homework this week is going to be one. If you have not, if you're one of those people who's like, I'm very overwhelmed. Where do I start? Go and either go online or go to your local witch store. Uh, your purveyors of witch goods and start with that crystal collection. Even if you only feel like comfortable buying one or two, that's okay. Again, it's about pulling away the feelings of being overwhelmed. And if you're already all set and you have your crystals picked out and you work with them already, I just want you to engage in some kind of crystal magic this week. Um, or even, well, you know, again, when we say crystal magic, it doesn't have to be like a hard spell incorporating crystals. It can be putting it next to your bed and seeing what happens putting it in your bra and seeing what happens. I'm really stuck on this bra thing. Also, my boobs are so big. I feel like I would just like 
lose it and never find it again. Um, but yeah, or if you're reading cards for yourself, then place the crystals on the cards and see what happens. Just any kind of crystal magic that I have mentioned here or that you know of on your own and you'd like to share with us, please do put it in the Facebook group if you have anything uh, different. Speaking of the Facebook group, the answer to get into the Facebook group is the craft. I am also accepting flubber and the covenant and uh, blubber, <laughs> which isn't anything. I was just the funniest answer I ever got. Um, Patreon is patreon.com slash bad witch. If you would like to sign up, you will get shout outs. There are bonus episodes. Um, I'm about to do a bonus episode on Hocus Pocus that will probably be 100 hours long, but it's just stick, you know, if you're a bonus baddie, just stick with it. Um, there are readings, there are witchy gifts, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you want to go check that out, patreon.com slash bad witch. There is merch. Uh, I never say the address right for that. So I will link it below, but I just added like throw pillows and fleeces and sweatshirts because we're about to thankfully get into cozy witch autumn and the bad witch podcast at gmail.com. If you want to write to me, uh, it may take me a few days to get back to you. The inbox is a little more heavy than it was when I first started, which is amazing. I'm not complaining about that at all, but I promise I will get back to you. I get back to everyone. Um, unless you're offering me $150 million when all I have to do is give you my social security number, I tend to pass on those. I would recommend you do the, I recommend you do the same. Okay. I love you all. You all deserve good. Let's start thinking about what we want to do with our manifestation boxes and getting some ideas together for them and get some beautiful crystal magic brewing over the next week. Until we speak again, I love you all. You are the world to me. You deserve so much good. You are the best baddies a bad witch mom like me could ever ask for. Blessed be and goodbye.